You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Perspectives in Palliative Medicine, produced in cooperation with AAHPM, the American Academy of Hospice and Palliative Medicine. Your host is Dr. Porter Story, Executive Vice President of the American Academy of Hospice and Palliative Medicine, and sponsored by King Pharmaceuticals Incorporated, a leader in pain management. Is pain worse than analgesics for our geriatric patients? What should we as physicians do for our geriatric patients in pain? Joining me to discuss this topic is Dr. Sean Morrison, Director of the National Palliative Care Research Center, Vice Chair for Research at the Brookdale Department of Geriatrics and Palliative Medicine, Director of Research at the Hertzberg Palliative Care Institute, and Herman Merkin Professor of Palliative Care at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York. Dr. Morrison, welcome to the program. Thanks, Dr. Story. It's very good to be here. We hear a lot about the hazards of analgesics like nonsteroidals or tricyclics or opioids or the expensive new adjuvants available for our elderly patients. What's the evidence that pain is really harmful to our older patients? There's a substantial amount of evidence. The first is pain is widely prevalent or very common in older adults. If you ask an older adult that is somebody over the age of 65 on the street, if they have pain on a daily basis, over 60% of them will tell you that they have pain on a daily basis, either from wow. arthritis related to diabetes, related to heart disease. So it's highly prevalent and causes a tremendous amount of suffering. With particular relevance to older adults, pain impairs people's ability to walk properly. It changes their gait so they're at higher risk for falls. It impairs sleep. So it has a substantial effect both on quality of life and on patient's function. Gosh, when an older patient comes to you with complaints of pain, how do you assess the situation? When a patient comes to me in pain, I focus on a number of different aspects. First of all is obviously I want to know what's the cause of the pain. What's the etiology? Where is it coming from? Because I'm concerned that it might represent an underlying disease that we need to treat. Secondly, uh -huh. I'm focused on what's the effect of pain on the patient's quality of life? Does it prevent them from doing things? Does it prevent them from sleeping? What does it do in terms of their relationship with their spouse, with their family, with their partner? And the third piece I want to know is just like I would take a history for somebody with diabetes or take a history with chest pain, I'll do a very focused pain history to try and determine what is the exact cause of the pain because that is going to lead to my different treatment options. Now, are there red flags that you look for in your assessment? There are a number of red flags. And I think what you're asking is, are there particular things that would make me much more worried about this person's pain than somebody else's? Right. And their ability to tolerate the analgesics. Absolutely. So one of the key issues in treating older adults with pain is that the medications that we typically have, the frontline medications that we have for the treatment of pain, their side effects are magnified in older adults, and older adults have particular sensitivity to them. For example, nonsteroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which we commonly use for younger patients, are actually can be quite hazardous in frail older adults, leading to stomach bleeding, leading to kidney disease, 
and leading to platelet dysfunction. And so, whereas they may be first-line treatment in a younger person, they are probably third- or fourth-line treatment in an older adult. So we typically don't think about those, and those are red flags. Acetaminophen, although quite safe in recommended doses and higher doses can lead to problems with the liver. And for older adults, we have very little data as to what is the appropriate dose for acetaminophen, which really leaves us with opioids as one of the mainstays of therapy for older adults with anything more than mild to moderate pain. And as we know, opioids have side effects of constipation, which is normally highly prevalent in older adults and needs to be appropriately treated can cause sedation, can cause some cognitive changes, and so we have to be very, very careful about how we dose those in older adults as well. Are you concerned about histories of addiction to other drugs? You know, this is probably the most common barrier to appropriate pain management in both older and younger adults. Am I concerned about addiction? Certainly in somebody who does not have a history of substance abuse, either alcohol or prescription or non-prescription medications, the risk of addiction with the use of opioids in the treatment for pain is exceedingly rare. That doesn't mean to say it's not zero. So what I typically do as a practicing geriatrician is I talk to my patients very carefully about the risks of addiction or psychological dependence. We talk how that there, for people who don't have risk factors, that, that it's extremely rare, but we also talk about what the behaviors might be that might be indicative of somebody developing addictive behaviors or psychological dependence on the medication, and I monitor for those in the patients that I treat. That being said, the harm of addiction is significantly less in this population than the harm of untreated pain. And indeed, more people have complications of untreated pain, falls, hip fracture, disturb sleep-wake cycle disturbances, then we'll ever, ever develop a problem with opioid medications through addiction. Interesting. We certainly hear so much about the hazards of the analgesics and so little about the hazards of not using them. Are there analgesics that you feel are most appropriate for common syndromes? You mentioned opioids, but there's a lot of different kinds of pain that I'm sure you treat. There is, and one of the things that I think is most important when training pain, particularly in older adults, is identifying the etiology and matching the treatment to that etiology rather than a specific shotgun approach. So, for example, osteoarthritis, common knee, hip pain, may well respond to a combination of beginning with acetaminophen, intensive physical therapy, particularly focused on gait and balance training and muscle strengthening exercises, and certainly a gait evaluation to ensure that somebody is using an assistive device properly, that their shoes are intact and things like that. So it's a global approach that takes into account both pharmacological and non-pharmacological therapy. For other common syndromes, for example, diabetic neuropathies, which are quite common in older adults, then first-line treatment may be antidepressants, topical treatments such as lidocaine patches or anticonvulsants rather than, for example, acetaminophen and nonsteroidals. And for patients who really have moderate to severe pain, and again, we're focusing on patients with non-malignant chronic pain syndromes, but even 
moderate to severe pain from osteoarthritis, then if acetaminophen is not effective, then the next class of agents that should be tried, according to the American Geriatric Society, is opioids and careful dosing with opioids. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Perspectives in Palliative Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Porter Story, and joining me to discuss the challenges to pain management in geriatric patients is Dr. Sean Morrison. Now, how do you monitor patients to make sure that they're benefiting from the analgesic therapy? I monitor them very similar to I would with younger adults. First of all, I want to look at the efficacy of treatment. That is, is my therapy working? And I do that in several ways. First, I ask patients to tell me to rate their pain and tell me if their pain is improving. I ask patients to tell me a little bit about the relief they're receiving from the treatment that we've been prescribing, be it um, a medication or a non-pharmacological treatment. But most importantly, particularly for my patients, is I focus on are they able to do more things because their pain is under control than they were in the past, and what things can't they do? because of their pain? Has their walking improved? Has their ability to sit for long periods of time improved? Are they going out more? Are they able to get out of bed or out of a chair with ease or with considerably less difficulty? And what we do is together we arrive on what are going to be the appropriate goals for treatment. When do we know we have success? Then the third piece, which I think is absolutely critically important, is we talk about side effects. We make sure that somebody, for example, on opioids is moving their bowels. And nobody wants to talk about constipation, but it's a significant side effect and causes a tremendous amount of distress in older adults. So we make sure that constipation is addressed. I ask and specifically ask if there are any cognitive effects that have bothered people. Are they having bad dreams? Another common side effect, but rarely reported side effect of opioids. So we make sure that not only is the treatment working, but patients aren't suffering side effects because of it. Now, in your patients who are approaching the end of their life and who have escalating pain due to, say, a malignancy, Mm -hmm. do you take a different approach? Again, a slightly different approach. Typically, for patients who are approaching the end of life, patients who have a more limited prognosis, typically those patients tend to be much more frail and have more functional limitations, so the goals for them may be different. Those patients may not, for example, be able to tolerate physical therapy, nor might that be the right approach for them. So the focus for that particular population is probably much more directed towards pharmacological or medication management than it would be for using non-pharmacological treatments. You know, it's been so impressive to me how much patients appreciate the attention to their pain. Do you have specific examples that come to mind of patients with complex pain problems that you were able to help? I do, and I think the one that really comes to mind that I took care of recently is a 92-year-old, just recently retired psychiatrist, still very active, cognitively intact, but essentially limited to his apartment because of A, very, very bad diabetic neuropathy, um, which made it really uncomfortable for him to walk. Severe osteoarthritis in his knees, which also made it, you know, very, very difficult for him to ambulate. And, you know, on evaluation, shoes that didn't fit. So our approach 
to Dr. Z was really threefold. One was to get him the right assistive device because he was walking with a cane that was much too short for him. Two, to get him a new pair of shoes. You know, relatively simple things, but effective. But then a pain regimen that addressed both his diabetic neuropathy, his neuropathic pain, and his osteoarthritis or somatic pain, which involved both titrating anticonvulsants and local lidocaine for one, at the same time as adding small and low doses of opioids for the other pain syndromes, at the same time as an aggressive physical therapy management. And over the course of about a month, this homebound older adult became really a vibrant and productive member of his community again and is volunteering in my medical center. But it took a while and it was a staged approach. And certainly throughout that month to six weeks, we had side effects that needed to be managed. But the goal really was to get him back to be functional again. That's inspiring. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Sean Morrison, for helping us better understand pain management in palliative care and geriatrics. Dr. Morrison, thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure, Dr. Story. You've been listening to Perspectives in Palliative Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals, with your host, Dr. Porter Story. To download this program, please visit www.reachmd.com or on ReachMD's free ReachMD Medical Radio iPhone app. Perspectives in Palliative Medicine is produced in cooperation with AAHPM, the American Academy of Hospice and Palliative Medicine, and sponsored by King Pharmaceuticals, leaders in the field of pain management and developers of a new educational initiative to improve the diagnosis and treatment of pain, pain balance. The King Pain Balance Educational Initiative includes a unique comprehensive website, www.painbalance.org, that offers a broad range of information and tools to help healthcare professionals and others better understand all aspects of pain, which by its very nature is difficult to assess, treat, and manage. Pain Balance offers the first convenient centralized online location for the resources and clinical tools healthcare professionals need to make informed decisions and provide the best possible care for their patients with chronic pain. The website www.painbalance.org also includes a narrative scenarios feature, which provides a case-based walk-through navigation tool to highlight the full scope of the website's resources, including pain categories and guidelines, treatment options and risk management tips, and clinician tools and resources. Also, an online newsletter will help keep healthcare professionals at the front of the latest research, advances in treatment, issues on the policy and reimbursement fronts and other important news in the field of pain management. To learn more about the King Pharmaceuticals Pain Balance Educational Initiative, the high burden of undertreated chronic pain, and to preview the tools and resources available to healthcare professionals and others, visit www.painbalance.org.